Welcome. Glad you got here. Kids, welcome. So good. Uh, so this is Baptism and uh, Testimony Sunday. We uh, do this at least... At least one time a year, because um, God is always on the move, right? You know, he doesn't stop. So it, it's fun, you know, we, we spend a lot of time like digging into the Bible, which is essentially a collection of things that God has done over uh, eons of time with his people. But uh, the really cool thing is, is that uh, even though the Bible is not being written anymore, the story of God actually continues to play out. He's still moving. Mm. Sorry too early for me to get choked up. He's still on the move. I know some of the stories that are coming, so I'm just anticipating what's happening uh, this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to hear uh, just a, a few testimonies from some people who were a part of our body and uh, just to kind of continue to, well, one, just so we can hear them because I, I, you know, we're saved by um, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There's something powerful about hearing stories of what God is doing among his people. And uh, so that's what we're going to do this morning. You guys ready for that? I have a microphone here. I'm going to invite up uh, first guest this morning, Sylvia. Where are you? Sylvia. Sylvia, come on down. (laughs) Sylvia, welcome. You get the cushy seat. Go ahead, take a seat. So uh, Sylvia, you weren't expecting this question, but actually, so you're going to get baptized today. Yes. At the 1040, because we don't want her to be wet for two services. So, um, but you were actually supposed to get baptized a year ago yes, today. Why, did, why didn't that happen a year ago? Uh, is this, can you, people You're hear good. me? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I got COVID <laughs> yeah. on Easter Sunday last year. Yeah, and y'all are feeling bad for her, but actually as we were communicating, we actually think that might be the hand of God. Yes. Ish. Not that God gives people COVID, but in all things, God works together for good. So it's interesting that you're getting baptized today Mm -hmm. because God's been doing some really amazing things in you this past year, which makes baptism a bit more than maybe it would have been a year ago. So let's dig in uh, to what the Lord has been um, doing in you. So talk about about your life pre-fall of 2022. Yeah. What was it like? Um, I had very bad anxiety. Um, I struggled, struggled with anxiety, specifically like social anxiety for a lot of my life. Um, and pre like fall of last year, it was like probably one of the worst times it's ever been. Um, like in the fall of last year is probably the worst it's ever been, like leading up to what we're going to talk about. Um, and I would literally like wake up in the morning. I think there was also a little bit of like depression mixed in with it. Um, I would like wake up in the morning and just like look forward to going back to sleep at night. Like I wouldn't want to like go throughout my day. Um, So yeah, uh, that is essentially what I was dealing with. Um, I would like have extreme anxiety just about like normal things, Um, just like, Interactions at like like with uh, like customer service things like at a grocery store or like the post office, um, things like that, um, and like work in general. I would get like super bad anxiety about working with different people at work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So social anxiety and depression marked your ways, mm-hmm. and I, I don't skip past that. 
like the difficulty for Sylvia was when she woke up in the morning, she wanted like the biggest thing that she was looking forward to was going back to bed. Because going to the post office was a strain for you because you'd have to interact with people. Yeah. Checking out at the grocery store was hard for you because like, oh, do I say hi? Do I not? Do I ask them about their day? Like, oh, it's so hard, right? Because yeah. the social anxiety just crippled you. Yeah. So that it's hard to live in the world without being around people. So that is uh, debilitating. So social anxiety leads to depression. And then can I just point out one funny thing this morning? Um, Sylvia is talking in front of you all right now. <laughs> so can we, uh, can we just give her? I think that's, I think that's phenomenal. Okay, so um, fall of 2022, mm -hmm. uh, maybe like hit your low point. Yeah. Talk about yeah what was going on then and. Um, I don't know. Happened. I just that it was again like echoing what I said um, to that point, like not wanting to, like not looking forward to the day essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was just my low point, and I got to a point that I was like, I don't like I, I'm not happy <laughs> um, God doesn't like it either it, right and yes. so the spirit of God starts yes. stirring in you yes. in the deep dark valley because he doesn't he doesn't like his sons and his daughters to hang out there yeah. so that so you've yeah talk about what the spirit of God started doing in yeah. you um, I I just kept I don't know kind of getting this urge to come up to you like after church or on like the Wednesday night young adult groups um, and just kind of like tell you how I was feeling. Yep. Um, I didn't really, I had anxiety about doing that. <laughs> and, I remember the day. Uh, <laughs> Sylvia was nervous when she came up. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know how to like say it, so I just walked up to you and was like, hey, can I talk to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, because I didn't know what to say, I just felt this like, and I kept feeling this urge, and I like, I kept kind of putting it off because I had anxiety about doing it. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay, I keep having these thoughts and these feelings. Like, I, this is God telling me that, like, I need to, like, uh, search for prayer, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I came up to Brian one day after church, and I just said, hey, can I talk to you? And we sat in the back and talked for, I don't know, half an hour maybe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Love it. So uh, you found yourself in the deep, dark, the valley of the shadow of death. That was kind of where you're at in terms of like a biblical understanding of things in the Psalms. Uh, at that point, the Lord will not let you go. He says, Sylvia, I didn't make you for this. And you know that. So he's stirring in you. And then he gives you a tangible step. Just come talk to me, mm -hmm. which I'm scary. Right? <laughs> so just come talk to Brian. Just do it. And you did it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then from there, we start praying. And that, uh, so talk about what started happening from there? Yeah, um, I guess slowly um, throughout like that period of time when I was like receiving prayer, um, I... Oh, just to be clear, we, we didn't just pray one time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, there were several times. It wasn't a healing. <laughs> we would lay hands and, yeah, it was more than that. Yeah. yeah, it was over a few months. Yeah. Um, and, um, but throughout the time, like, that I was receiving that and like praying on my own about it, um, God kind of revealed some things to me um, about like uh, my upbringing and like my family in the past. Um, I've kind of grew up with a little bit of a judgmental family, and so I had like kind of connected that. I think a lot of like observing that as like a 
like as a child and like throughout my life um, was contributing to my social anxiety. Um, and my family, I didn't grow up in church. My family doesn't know Jesus. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So a critical uh, family environment causes you to think that everybody is being critical of you. Yeah. Which means that everywhere you go, there's just critics looking to see where Sylvia's messing up. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's crazy that the Spirit of God revealed that to you mm-hmm. and that that's part of your healing journey. Yeah. Right, so super cool. So uh, when Sylvia came up, we ha- we're hanging in the back. We talked for a while. We pray, and I just said, Sylvia, here's what we'd like to do. Because um, I-, I realized it took a monumental effort of faith on her part to even come up and talk to me. But I knew that like when we humbly before the Lord start like opening ourselves up, like he like he can actually start to move in. And so we said, Hey, Sylvia, over the next like every couple of weeks, let's just get together. We'll pray, and we'll probably bring some other people in. Mm-hmm. from here after church or at our young adults group and then as we do that i'd just love for you to start sharing with them what's going on so that we can like get this larger and larger group of people praying with and for you yeah and so we've been doing that since the fall mm-hmm. and what's talk about what what life is like now um uh, 180 difference um i am like I no longer wake up thinking that anymore. I just, I almost, it's almost the opposite. I almost like go to bed one, like being excited to like wake up the next day. Mm. Um, and uh, to get out and to do stuff and meet people. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. It. And I have noticed like a, a huge decrease in my anxiety now. Um, and if there were times where like I was in a social situation and I, didn't speak or like I didn't think I was facing like my fear of man like in the past I would leave like being very hard on myself and like just overall like negatively like like negatively projecting on myself essentially um and now I leave like well I don't think that anymore um and it is hugely like I think that I've always known that God loves me and I've like understood that he loves me but I don't think I really understood the depth and like really believed like my identity in him until now um I think that like I like I don't think I truly know what it was like to like essentially be free until now like it was like this freedom that I feel now yeah so yeah yeah When you grow up, uh, and we all have flaws here, we're not casting judgment on your family yeah. dynamic, but when yeah. you grow up as a little girl in a family and father is critical and yeah. judgmental, it causes a daughter's heart to be formed in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And now, like your identity is, you are a beloved daughter. Mm-hmm. But you got a different father. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, who uh, looks at you differently. Yeah. And the cool thing, I was telling Sylvia this like a couple weeks ago when we were, I was like, Sylvia, you got to give your testimony. She's been doing it like little pockets as a brave little warrior. And like, you got you to tell everybody now. It's time. It's time for everybody to know. And, uh, and I just said, like, people carry around uh, a countenance on them. And you can, sometimes you can like see people for five seconds like, I know how you're doing. I can read it in your countenance. And like previously, when we started the young adults group in like early fall, Sylvia was almost like her countenance was hiding. It was like she was trying to make herself as small as possible and like just hiding. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know like how you, how you read countenances, but I said, Sylvia, like I see you shining now. 
Like, I don't know, like, I don't mean like photons are coming out of her face, but I mean her countenance is radiating in a way where she used to be hiding and suppressing. Now it's like she's coming into herself as she comes into the Father's love, right? And it's so fun to see. So, Sylvia. Yeah, so, um, so we've been praying in pockets. Now y'all are going to join me as we pray one more time for <laughs> Sylvia. And we're going to do a couple more stories, but let's pray. I'll take your microphone and uh, join me, uh, family, as we pray. Father, thank you for Sylvia and your fatherly work uh, that you have been faithful to do. God, you've been guiding her and shepherding her um, since her sophomore year of college-ish. God, you've been moving among her. But God, it's just been so fun in the last six months to see how you're fathering. God, you have just had both hands on her shoulders and wrapping your arms around her. And you just will not let her stay where she is. Thank you for that. And thank you that you have reformed in her mind and in her heart what a father is and that you are it and that you are not critical, that you are not judgmental, but you are kind and generous and you look at her with eyes of radiant affection and you are for her. And Father, thank you that even because of that, her, her life is changing. Her countenance has and is shifting and so, Father, we as her family here just want to ask you for more of that. God, would you continue to call her up and further in to your love, to your family, and call her into all the things that you've put in front of her to do that she can only do when she's not hiding and suppressing herself, but she can only walk in these things you've called her into as she is just chasing after you with absolute joy and freedom. So Father, continue to release her to this end, and we look forward to seeing what it is that you're going to continue to do in Sylvia. In Jesus' name, we all prayed and said, amen. All right, Sylvia, thank you. All right, Bridget, where are you at? Is Bridget, Bridget, can you hear me? There's Bridget. There you are. Okay, come on up, come on up. Everybody give a hand for Bridget. And then after Bridget, we're going to hear from Tristan, and then Tristan's going to take us back into worship. Bridget, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Bridget. My, hus- my husband and two kids and I have been coming here for about a year. Um, some of you might know Daniel. We own Porchlight Coffee. Um, and then I have Ren, who's three and a half, and Everett is 15 months. Um, we felt really at home here. Um, I'm really thankful for this community. Um, I, my story is actually really similar to Sylvia's. I'm really excited to um, share right after she shared. Super cool. Um, I want to start by reading Psalm 40, 1 through 5. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Um, I actually, I read a one-year Bible, and I was reading it this morning. I had already prepared this, and that was the psalm of the day in there. Um, super <laughs> thankful for that. 
And as I was um, just preparing for today with my mentor of many years, as I read this verse, she just was tearing up and saying, this is exactly what God has done for you. Um, And another reason I chose this verse is as I was preparing, I felt like I couldn't explain all that I wanted to explain. And I just love where it says, many are the wonders you have done for us. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Um, So I want to share a small just part of what God has done, um, knowing full well that there's no way I could ever explain it all. Um, So I've been a believer for 12 years. I want to share how God has set me free really recently, pretty much just since um, December, January-ish, to give you guys a little background. So a couple years ago, I was playing a game with some friends. It's called Not Really Strangers. You, like, ask each other deep questions on these cards that give you prompts. Um... So the question that everyone had to answer for me was, what's my greatest weakness? And Jordan Gone, who goes here, um, she said, you think you're a piece of crap on the floor. And she was not wrong. That's absolutely how I viewed myself. Um, So that was my mindset entering into the hardest year of my husband and I's life. Um, Last year was very, very hard, both circumstantially and mentally for myself. So we bought a fixer-upper. Then we had a newborn following a terrible pregnancy. And then we started a business, um, and then I had health problems and was in and out of the hospital probably 20 times last year. I had stroke-like symptoms, blurred vision. Um, I actually had pseudo-seizures, um, and it turned out that almost all of these were physical manifestations of anxiety. Um, my, it was just so bad. It was so crippling. I literally felt like I did, did not live last year. Um, So on top of all this, I was just measuring myself against the world's standards. I was trying to be what I thought everyone else wanted me to be. Um, I'm an Enneagram 3, so I have these, like, achiever standards for myself and just just really high standards. Um, I thought that the only way that I could be a godly mother or wife or even person was to be type A, organized, structured, and I have ADHD and I'm creative and those are not my strengths. Um, But I did not see my strengths as important. So early this year, I got on the right meds, and I went to counseling. Uh, I got, I've been going to counseling. I've found a really good counselor, um, and I'm really thankful for those things, but those aren't the things that truly set me free. Um, what I don't know how else to explain it. It's like one, when Sylvia said 180, I was like, that's in my notes. It was like one day, God was just like, Kate, we're going this way now. We're done with that. Um, God began setting me free this year by renewing my mind, And helping me to see my life through the lens of scripture and to learn to let the word be my standard instead of what the world says or even what my own standards were for myself. Um, As an illustration, I might cry during this part. I want to tell you guys a story of something that happened this week. So I'd already like written all my notes and was like, well, now I have to change all those. Um, So I'm doing I'm doing yard work outside. And like I said, we have a fixer upper. And I had health problems when we started a business last year. So if you think we did any yard work last year, you would be very wrong. Um, We have a gigantic pine tree, uh, like gigantic, 100 years old, maybe more. Um, So there's pine needles, pine cones, just dirt, leaves everywhere, all over the yard. And I finally have, like, the energy and the strength and the time to go out there and get my blower and work on all these, blowing away all these um, pine needles. Um, so I'm blowing away this debris. I'm getting all these pine needles out of the way. There's like dirt blowing everywhere, leaves. And I like am revealing all these things that I did not know were in my yard. There's like a brick path 
off my driveway. There's like beautiful stones. There's long lost toys of my daughters. And I'm like, this is so cool. I didn't know this stuff was here. And I just like really strongly felt God be like, this is what I've, I've done for you. Um, I, he blew away the debris of the lies of the world, all of the like hard of last year, just, just so much junk. And he just blew it away and revealed all these things to me, the truth of his word, the truth of who he is and the truth of who I am. Um, there is like stuff inside of me that I didn't know was there. Like Literally, this is such a silly example. My favorite color is different. Like, I used to, like, dress, like, I don't know, just, like, super neutral. And now I'm, like, suddenly obsessed with pink. It's, like, all these changes. And I'm, like, what? How, how is this inside of me? I did not know this, like, life and freedom was inside of me. Um, so one way that God renewed my mind was through a book called Emma's for Mama, which I highly recommend. It's a book about biblical motherhood and about drowning out the messages of culture and building our life on God's truth. Um, one of the follow-up questions at the end was, are you avoiding community because you're afraid you won't measure up? This convicted me and encouraged me to seek genuine community, inviting people over to my house, even when it was a mess, inviting people into my life, even though I didn't feel like I was put together, and learning how to embrace and honor my God-given strengths and weaknesses instead of comparing them to others. He began transforming my relationships and teaching me to be vulnerable and ask for wisdom and help instead of feeling ashamed that I needed it. Um, So I just want to encourage you, you are not inferior to people with different giftings. God created you intentionally and let your standard be his word and not what the world asks of you or even what you're asking of yourself. His yoke is easy and his burden is light and you will find rest for your souls. What's up, you guys? Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it, brother. Um, Tristan Griffin, that's my name. Uh, My wife, Melanie, right there in the beautiful green skirt, sitting down about halfway out there. Uh, We've been coming to Garden City Church for about four or five years now and um, have just found a beautiful church family in you guys. Y'all are awesome. So thankful that you show up every week to worship the Lord with us and uh, just, just really um, thankful for what we have here. And uh, Sylvia, Bridget, before I get into to my portion of the story, I'm so thankful that you guys shared uh, what you shared. Uh, my, my story is similar to y'all's in many ways. I'm not going to share that piece of it uh, today, but I just thank you. You're a great encouragement to me, and I'm sure many others in the crowd too. So uh, thank you for that. Um, so today I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of our professional journey within the past um, six months or so and, and leading into that. Uh, my wife and I have four beautiful children as well. I forgot to mention, uh, you've probably seen them running around here. Uh, our oldest, Scout, is five years old. She has a, something called an intellectual disability. Um, just beautiful little girl, ball of joy, still telling people, running through the halls here, telling people Merry Christmas, even though it's the middle of April, and saying hi to everybody and anybody that she interacts with. Just um, beautiful little girl. And so uh, she plays a large role in our story. But I'll back it up for you 
uh, briefly. So it was about eight years ago that I truly met the Lord. I didn't grow up in the church, um, but got to the point to where I said, God, I'm so tired of trying to live life my way. I want to try and live it your way. Um, and had spent many, many years in the desert before that. Um, so when I found that cold drink of water, it was like, give me every sip I could possibly have. Um, and decided at that point to met my wife at the same time. And we decided we're going to try and structure our lives in that way, right? So not my will, but yours be done in everything that we do. Whether it be family, finances, profession, whatever it might be, not my will, but yours be done. And so we actually jumped into ministry about seven years ago. I've worked for an organization called Fellowship of Christian Athletes for the past seven years. And we moved to Akron, sight unseen at the time. Uh, it was a, an organization that was no board, no staff, no funding. We got a, a pat on the rear and go get them, Tiger, and, and started uh, developing ministry. And um, and it, it's just been a beautiful journey. Uh, but about five years in, or well, two years into that ministry, we had our oldest daughter. And within a couple of years of her life, realized she had an intellectual disability. And so we decided at that point that we wanted to start serving her and people like her. And so we've seen within the past few years, our hearts pulled more and more in that direction of serving people with intellectual disabilities. So much so that we launched FCA's first sports camp for children with disabilities in Akron, Ohio. Um, thank you guys. Yeah, we launched that in Akron. Um, summer 2021, and it was just incredible to watch God do what he did through that camp. Uh, we opened up registration, funny enough, on Scout's third birthday, March 8th, 2021. We had 100 campers registered in 45 days. It, it was just, we knew we were on to something incredible through this camp. And so, hosted camp, it's a two-day camp, four sports, over 75 campers and their families showed up about 150 to 180 volunteers. We do it out at Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy, and it was just a, a beautiful two-day experience in 2021. Uh, so much so that, that FCA as an organization took notice of it and said, hey, we want to launch this on a global scale. So FCA is, is a, an organization of 2,500 people in over 100 different countries, 2,500 staff, I'm sorry. And so this whole thing caught a lot of momentum and I started to help people within FCA wrap their minds around what it would look like to do ministry to people with disabilities in their local context. Um, to the point where we're gearing up for 30 camps across the country this summer um, in this space. And <laughs> Thank you for the claps. Um, and so, uh, with all of that said, though, FCA noticed, hey, this is growing rapidly. We think we're going to need a leader in this space. And I had sort of been the de facto leader for the past couple of years anyways, helping the organization wrap their mind around this. And so, we got to this summer and they said, we're going to hire somebody. We think this is your position. We don't even know if we're going to have to do an interview, but we might have to. Turned out in the fall, they opened up the position. We needed to do an interview process. And we got all the way to the end, three-part interview, super grueling, flew out to Kansas City, whole nine yards, laid my heart out there, my passion for this space out there, got down to me and one other guy, and I got the call on December 22nd, 2021, that I didn't get the position. And it was 
massively heartbreaking for Melanie and I. It was uh, something that we had been so intimately involved with to the point where the video from our first camp, our whole family, my daughter's face is in this video. It's been being showed to thousands of people across the world to help launch this within FCA. And so we thought to ourselves, man, this is, this is painful. Uh, we felt like we were having something ripped from us. I'll take you back to December 22nd, 2021. About an hour before I got that phone call, there was this really wild guy. You guys will recognize his name. His name is Brian Kunkler. He gave me a phone call and he said, hey, Tristan, we have been planning on taking this position, moving to Indiana to be nearer to my wife's family. He said, hey, Tristan, I think you might want to consider moving to Indiana. He said, I know this sounds weird. We've been walking alongside one another for the past couple of years. Just want to let you know that I think you should reconsider that. And I thought to myself at the time, Brian, I don't know what you've been drinking, man, but, but we're about to get this position. I'm going, we're moving to Indiana and we'll be, we'll be, you know, the rest is history. And so an hour later, I get the news that I didn't get the position. My wife and I, and maybe me even more so, I probably kicked and screamed for about three days. I was frustrated. I was upset, um, disappointed. And I got to the end of that third day and realized, one, I'm more miserable than I was when I got the news. And two, we prayed about this. The people who were interviewing me prayed about this. We had a community of people around us praying about this, inviting God and other wise people into the situation. And so the decision that was made was ultimately God's decision, right? And so if that's the case, I've got two choices. One, I can be angry at God and mad at him and disappointed and still trying to hold on to something that's not there. Or I can say, all right, God, what do you have for us? And so within that process, we started to, to talk to people. And I invited Brian out for lunch as well, once again, with another friend. Um, and we were sitting down, and I was sharing with them a deeper vision that I've had on my heart for the past three years. Just as important as sports camps for people with disabilities, but, but something that's near and dear to my heart. And I think from a depth of impact standpoint, is even more impactful. And so I was sharing with them that I've had a vision for a farm that employs people with disabilities on my heart for the past few years. And the other gentleman that was in the meeting said, hey, my wife and I just bought a farm about a year ago, um, and we really felt like God has asked us to do ministry on this farm, but we've just got this much of a vision for it. We would love to explore whether or not your vision sort of fits with our vision. And so we met with them, got to know them, an incredible family, just just phenomenal people, and got to the point to where we, we all said, hey, we're going to try and press play on this, this farm that employs people with disabilities idea. And so we've been pre prepping and planning for that for the past month. I'm super excited about it. I'm also feeling massively inadequate, um, insecure, vulnerable uh, within this space too. And I've noticed that as we continue down this path with God, the next right step is never something that I'm like, oh yeah, that's right within my wheelhouse and comfort zone, right? It's, it's, there's always some level of fear and anxiety moving into it, right? But there's no doubt in my mind that God has called us into this space, and we're so excited to be in that space. And so I just want to share that with you guys as, as sort of to, to hammer home the point of sometimes God throws you a curveball. And if you want to continue to hang on to what's not there or what could have been or whatever, you're going to find yourself absolutely miserable. But if you'll just open your hands and say, all right, God, what do you have for me? You're going to find a really, really awesome ride 
that, that follows. And last thing before I hop off, we are hosting that sports camp again this summer. Two-day sports camp, June 16th, June 17th. That's a Friday night, Saturday morning. We'll have over 75 campers, their families, and we'll run about 150 to 180 volunteers. If anybody wants to come out and be a buddy of a camper out there, we would love to have you. You don't have to know a thing about sports. don't have to know a thing about interacting with people with intellectual disabilities. Just come out. We'll train you up on that stuff. Come be a buddy of a camper for two days. Love on them. Receive their love. And just come be a part of it. There's information on the back table for that as well. So, Thank you guys so much for listening to me. Thanks for being a great church. All right. So uh, worship band, come on back up. We're going to, it's time for baptisms. Just real, God's really cool, isn't he? Uh, Just a couple couple things, just backstory um, on Tristan. I think, so... uh, Complicated thing here, but the farm that Tristan and Melanie are going to be doing ministry on with their uh, special needs ministry, the the family that bought that farm that they're going to be doing their ministry on, the, the day that Tristan was getting news from FCA regarding um, whether he was going to get this vice president of developmental or disability ministry position, uh, I was talking with uh, Brian, who's sitting right over there. Where are you at, Brian? Give me a wait. There he is. Hi, Brian. Brian and I were talking on the phone, and uh, we got to know Tristan in our uh, Wednesday morning guys group here and just fell in love with Tristan and family. And, and Brian and I were on the phone that morning, not knowing that that was the day that Tristan was going to hear word. And Brian and I were like, man, I just don't know if that, I don't know if Tristan and his family in Indiana is the right thing. I just have a sense that God has more for him here. And Brian was like, I do too. And I said, I don't know if should I call him and tell him? And Brian's like, yeah, you got to call him and tell him. And so I call him, and I'm like, hey, Tristan, how you doing? And he's like, good, I'm I just, yeah, you know, like 15 minutes, I think, I'm going to hear back from FCA. I'm like, oh, great timing. I said, uh, just, just wondering if that's the right move for you, right? It's always, eh, you've got to be real careful when you take the steering wheel and do something like that for somebody. And just said, yeah, I'm not, I don't know, just maybe, pr- let's, it's like, can we pray and ask God if maybe this is the thing? He's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we prayed, and I literally prayed. I was like, Lord, um, even if Tristan has the job right now, if they're, if they're ready to offer it to him, if you don't want this for him, then do something right now to scrap that. Take it off the table. Do something. And um, yeah, 15 minutes later, Tristan hops on that phone call, hears that they went with the other guy. And uh, sometimes things that break our heart are actually God opening doors to really cool opportunities. And so just yesterday, we were out at the uh, 82-acre farm, and uh, me and Tristan and Brian and the family were out there. We planted, I think, 350 fruit trees, just getting the place, like getting life and fruitfulness ready for these kids with disabilities that are going to come and work the farm, right? And just what a cool thing. So sometimes the Lord takes a hold of the wheel and and zigs it when you want to zag it. Let him do it. Let them do it. Super cool. All right, so the band, we're, we've got a couple more things to do here. I'm going to invite some friends up. Um, Cassie, Josiah, and Lucy, would you guys come on up? These are the, our friends that are getting baptized this morning, so give them a hand as they come up. Okay, little Lucy, how you doing? All right, Josiah, let's start with you. Come on up, take the microphone. Um, so Josiah said he's a little bit nervous, but I said, you don't need to be nervous because you are among family and friends. Yeah. Just surrounded by family and friends. Yeah. 
Okay, so a little backstory, Josiah. Uh, for quite a while, you were you were living in depression. It was a part of your story. It was where you were, and you felt like there was no hope. And then uh, April of 2020, tell us what was going on. I saw a TikTok video that was talking about God, and after I watching it, I sat there for a minute and I contemplated whether or not I wanted to actually acknowledge it or not so next day I started seeing more videos pop up and then that's when I knew I didn't just start praying and figuring out the whole Christian thing I didn't think that I was a Christian for a very long time because I didn't believe in the term Christian it's not something that is prominent in the black community anyway so I started to find myself moving towards God more even though like I said it's not prominent in my community and my family didn't like it, but I didn't care. So I just kept praying. And then one day it just clicked to me like, this is it. This is what I'm going to identify myself as. I'm a Christian now. Now, eventually that did fall off a little bit because I fell back into depression when school started. But we here now. That's all that matter. So just got to re- April of 2020, you're on lockdown, right? Pandemic lockdown. You're by yourself. Depression is at an epic low. TikTok sends him a Christian video. You click, you watch it. Somehow the logarithm changes. Josiah gets some more TikTok videos about Jesus. And that was what turned it around for you. Jesus begins to make sense. You receive the gift. And then I love here, you say, um, yeah, that upon receiving Jesus through TikTok, just can't get over that, that you felt, you felt joy like you had never felt before up to that point. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Well, you're in the family of Jesus now, and uh, depression, um, depression is not your identity and it's not your future. It's got more, right? Excited to baptize you, brother. All right, so t- I take a step back there and we'll get, um, we'll take you in in just a second. All right, little Lucy, come on up here, grab the microphone. Um, take two more steps forward so everybody can see. I'm afraid that our friends over here just came. Two more steps. If you guys, uh, Lucy is uh, the resident comedian. And um, if, you, if you're ever looking for a good joke, ask Lucy because she will have something funny to share with you. Uh, if you've been here a while, actually, last night we did Kids Ministry Sunday. Lucy was our host and just hilarious. So, anyway, so uh, Lucy, you, um, you're an advanced young human being. You look to everybody in the room, you look small, but you've got a whole lot going on in the, in the places that count beyond your age. And um, so you, you struggled with stress and anxiety, right? That was kind of like a normal thing for you. And then over the course of the last several years, and you don't have many years under your belt, but with mom and dad, you've been reading the Bible and praying and Jesus became captivating for you and you chose to receive him. How has your life changed since receiving Jesus? So, how I was like before this, so I was like really angry with my sister a lot because she never let me pick out any games. She always made me do the other games. That's what sisters do. And now, but but now I have patience with her. 
is so cool. Thank you, Lucy. Okay, Lucy, go step back next to Josiah. Go back with your dad. Um, so yeah, well, Lucy, I love what Lucy typed up. I used to get angry and I wanted to be away from my sisters. I felt lonely and afraid. Now I want to be around my sisters and I don't get so angry, even when they want to play the other game. So cool. All right, Cassie, come on up here. So Cassie, you were uh, raised in the church, knew Jesus at a young age, actually uh, came to know him at a Christian concert, which is awesome. FFH, if anybody yeah. knows that one. <laughs> a little different than TikTok, but hey, a Christian concert will do too. Um, and then your senior year in high school, your family uh, started walking through the valley and some deep, dark things kind of erupted in your family and your family kind of splintered apart and y'all stopped uh, gathering among the body and going to church. And then at some point, uh, fast forward a couple years, you were lost. And then um, he drew you back, which is what a good father and a great shepherd does. What's been different since he drew you back? Um, I t- have found so much peace in my life. I used to not really like myself. I thought I was a horrible person. I wasn't worthy of being loved. <laughs> Sorry, I knew I was going to get really emotional. Get it. You are free to cry here. <laughs> um, but God has just shown me that he loves every part of me. And all of this shame and the anger and the sin is like washed away because of Jesus. And I am worthy and I am loved. And there's so much like hope and peace in him now. Amen. Amen. So right now, two things are going to drop uh, on us. One is we're going to worship together. And uh, as we're worshiping, we're going to baptize uh, our family here. And then as soon as they go down, right, the picture of baptism is that we are in Jesus. How many times have you read Paul in the New Testament? He says we are in Christ. We are in Jesus. We are in the Messiah. And what that means is that uh, when Jesus goes into the grave, we're in him. Uh, meaning that he goes into death itself and he takes our sin there and he deals with it. And then when Jesus comes up out of the grave uh, three days later, he comes up and our sin has been dealt with and he comes out into resurrection life and we come out of the grave with him. So sin has been taken care of. He took care of it for us and then we are raised to new life with him. We are in Christ, in his death, in his resurrection. And then from here on out, uh, as you guys know, the last two weeks, we're just living in the party, friends. We're living in the party.